Welcome back to Wild Game Dynasty, folks. This is Gary Morgan calling. This is episode 118. Thanks for dialing in. We really appreciate it. Hey, we reached out to a couple fellas. It's that time of year. I know it's only mid-February, but there are a lot of people that are putting a pencil to some paper, starting to plan out their plot, we'll say, for the food plots, for the wildlife uh, yeah, habitat. Not just the deer habitat. A lot of people do food plots for the turkeys, etc., and they just like to observe them. It's not just a, uh, a draw for hunting, but obviously probably the biggest majority are. Hey, we have two fellas, Tony Polk and John Chepetowski. No, I'm going to get it wrong. I knew I would. Doggone it. Sorry, John. John Sepetowski. These two own the uh, company called the Food Plot Shop. Um, yeah, they're in several states as far as their uh, delivery, their distribution. They, uh, hey, they did a podcast with us last year, and uh, boy, it was just so interesting. We got a lot of great feedback, so we thought we'd uh, kind of uh, delve into a topic that uh, really a lot of people haven't uh, have no clue about, and some do, some don't. But it's obviously just as I mentioned earlier, it's about frost seeding, and uh, hey, this is somebody uh, is uh, looking for an opportunity to plant some some nice clover etc which is outstanding without having to even own a tractor without having to put a lot of uh, money into this whole thing other than seed alone all right hey without further ado let's roll right into podcast number episode number 118 with tony polk and john sepatowski let's roll all right folks hey this is gary morgan from wild game dynasty's podcast uh we have two special folks here at the at our studio, we call it. What our studio is, is our cabin in Atlanta. We're sitting here looking out to uh, a little little bit of a uh, temperature drop that we're, we're used to, but it's beautiful outside. We have a fresh coating of snow, and the, and the uh, creek's uh, flowing. It's not froze over. So, hey, we're having a good time sipping a coffee and watching the outside beauty. So, anyways, we have two, two fellas here, and you probably recognize... Our, uh, their voices when they chit chat because we did a podcast not too long ago with them, and it's uh, Tony and John. Tony and John have a uh, have a business, and I think this is going to really uh, cause a lot of people to uh, uh, come to the edge of their chair, sit up straight, and they have a food plot business. And boy, are they ever busy. <clears throat> and I'd like them to uh, share with you. Some of their uh, well, we call it trade secrets, and so this is an opportunity for you to uh, hey, get uh, kind of on board of, on what goes through their minds this time of year. Yeah, we're in that uh, early February, but this is a point in time in, in their business that they're they're uh, ramping up their their planning stages. So without further ado, Tony and John, it's time to take the mic, guys. All right, we can do that. Yeah. Hi, Gary. Thanks you, for having yeah. us back again. Yeah. Oh, sure Appreciate thing, it. absolutely. It's good to get together. Yeah, well, you guys uh, you guys live downstate, but you have um, a bunch of uh, property, hunting property. I call it up north. Everything's north of wherever, but uh, over in that um, you know, that club country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this northeast portion, and uh, with a no-bait thing going on, that's nothing new. Mm -hmm. um, food plots have become such an important part of things, and... Uh, and of course, uh, on my uh, modest uh, bit of property that I have here in wonderful Montmorency County, with a boatload of sand everywhere, mm -hmm. it's kind of a challenge. <laughs> but uh, you you uh, you steered me right, and I just uh, 
really sometimes wonder when I when I have all the uh, pieces of the puzzle, why why can't it just rain when I want it to? Absolutely, wouldn't that be great, <laughs> Mother Nature? If we could yeah. figure that out, we'd have perfect plots. Yeah, well, I ask you to bring a, a, uh, some notes for both of you guys uh, on some food plot stuff, but you said, hey, you know, help us out, refine that topic, and I said, how about frost seeding? Mm-hmm. And um, and I had a couple of buddies that you know read some stuff online, and of course everything we read online is absolutely one hundred percent true, right? Oh, absolutely, it's guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, you guys uh, have a unique uh, <clears throat> partnership with uh, uh, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, and um, you're probably one his. You got to be his largest uh, distributorship. It's, if not, it's got to be darn close. But uh, yeah, we're the Grandpa Ray um, distributor for Lower Michigan. Yeah. And we do a lot of deer schools, uh, try to keep people active. We've got the program membership that we get people involved in so they yep. can get 10% off on products. Yeah. And they get all the latest research Neat. You know that we do. We do a lot of research, uh, especially out of Wisconsin with, uh, with uh, John O'Brien. Yeah. That deer school was just, um, you know, the cat's meow. Mm-hmm. And that you guys provided such a, uh, a neat opportunity for all of us. You guys put together mm-hmm. that wonderful school with a lot of experts there. And when uh, John O'Brien talked, you know, it, a lot of it went right over my head just because, you know, he was giving us so much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you, you would nudge the rest of us and say, you know, hey, you're going to get something out of this. And then don't despair because that's why you have us. Yeah, even know. though it might be an all-day event, you know, there's there's only so much time. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot of information that comes out and some you'll absorb, some will come out with you later when you're doing those things. You know, I kind of remember that. Yeah. And that's, that's the, you know, that's just naturally going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of information there. Oh, that was and, and tremendous. Whenever a seed blend comes out, mm-hmm. it's not tested by coming out to the public. Mm-hmm. It's been tested for three, maybe three, five three years. years. Yeah. Prior to release to the public, okay. So it's not in a. It, it's more research based. Okay. Okay. This worked on this ground. This worked together with this blend or this other seed, and then it gets that gets you know changed. Yes. To get the best thing we can on different soils and, yeah. and the, the highest success rate. Yeah. Rather than just well, let's put this seed together and release it and sell it to the public and you know whatever right. whatever it is it is. Yeah. It's not that way with Grand Beret Outdoors. No, I, I think that's why so many people that I've spoken to have shared some high levels of frustration. And, you know, it's like my, well, I'll just use my brother as an example. And um, you know, he would buy the seed, buy the fertilizer, get his soil tested, and, and kind of, you know, kind of a DIY or semi-DIY. And mm-hmm. yeah. he says, do people really, you know, realize what, you know, what people spend on something like this? and mm-hmm. He said, I'm reading the back of the, uh, you know, the label on the seed package, mm-hmm. and, and I'm looking online, and I'm trying to put this together, and some of my stuff grew, some of it didn't. I said, Bob, you're not even putting a, a monetary value to your time. Right. And right. he said, well, I planted some food plots, and they turned for shit, and some of them mm-hmm. turned out pretty good, and the difference between them, I don't know if I understand why one did and one didn't, but uh, right. I said, we well, need to switch over to, uh, you know, Grandpa Ray Outdoors Seeds, and then the food plot shop is going to be your go-to, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, there's always a chance, too, is, um, you know, they, you could meet them on the road somewhere, and you could do a seed drop, 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We meet a lot of customers on our way up north on a Friday. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly, and this is my chance to get my plug in, I'm constantly stopping at GMK Logging, Greg yeah. Campo yeah, in Pinconning, yeah. and uh, I drop seed off to him in liquid plant food. And uh, he's just been such a he's just been such a great uh, yeah. pusher for us too. He helps us out. Um, you need anything done with heavy equipment, or you yeah. need to get in and out of your blind without getting detected. Yeah, Greg Compo's your man. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know that for us, it's not just selling seed. I mean, we can we can help the do-it-yourselfer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody were to come to us and say, "I just I want to." I want to go out there opening day, and I want to get my blind. Yeah, I don't have the time. I don't have the resources to set up my property yeah. the proper way, or they don't want to make a mistake and then have to redo something. Mm-hmm. If they were to come to us, the relationships we have with with Greg, yes, and with Chris Pearson, mm-hmm. and the the skill set with all of us, all of us together, and John O'Brien, you know, we can take your property from just going on and going hunting to sell you a bag of seed and help you with that success. So, yes, indeed. Yeah. You know, part of that right now is the frost seeding. You know, this is kind of a downtime for us. We're, we're not in the woods and we're not, mm-hmm. we're not working our field, you know, we're working our property, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. We're planning for that March, April, May, June, July. You know, that, that, mm-hmm. this is where we're going and we're looking at our notepad that we had in the deer blind. They were writing our notes down. We're sitting there hunting, yeah. right? Okay, I want to do this. You know, I need a travel corridor here. Yes. The deer are moving this way. They didn't react the way I, the way I expected them to with what I did with mm-hmm. habitat. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to make some adjustments. Yeah. And we're looking at that notepad, and that's you know what we're doing up here today. When you, know? you well, and you're mentioning the frost seeding. I did a a little bit of reading on it, but only really to kind of scratch the surface. So I'm looking forward to this conversation today as well because. You know, like my brother said, hey, have you ever done frost seeding? No. So right. why do you think it's the way to go? I'm going to find out. He says, what yeah. is frost seeding? I said, well, that's two of us that really don't understand it. <laughs> I said, but we don't have to worry about that. What we have to do is reach out to the experts. And that's, you know, of course, right. today we're, we're, we're doing that, scratching the surface and then some, asking for you guys to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, explain why maybe frost seeding might or might not be for everybody. It's for everybody. Okay. It, it, it really is. It's it's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's very effective. And it's very cheap. Okay. I mean, seed is the least expensive part of your food plot program. Well, those first three things you said should have rang everybody's bell. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. It's an extremely viable way to get a food plot established. You can literally get ahead of your weeds, mm-hmm. um, create a canopy yeah. uh, early, get the seed in the ground, when the when the uh, it, the process of it is the freezing and thawing that goes on in the spring that incorporates the seed into the soil. The frost is going to heave the soil up, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of the day when the temperatures get warmer, that seed's going to fall into the soil, and that process repeats itself for probably a good week or two, you know, in the mm-hmm. spring, and then you have seed in the ground immediately wow. at, the, at the perfect depth. See, I like already what you're saying is that I always, you know, Montmorency County, I mentioned it, that, you know, we're a very sandy, some sandy loamy soil, but mm-hmm. it's hard to hold the moisture in. Sure. And we're looking at timing our planting so carefully with a pretty good douse of rain. Yeah. 
and uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, this is an opportunity to have the seed get sucked up in the soil, right, right, without tilling the soil and releasing all the. Uh, and that's another, yeah, that. that's a, another that's, good point, yeah, right? That's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. now you don't need the equipment. Yeah. The equipment is your boots, right? Yeah, and your your seed spreader, yeah. and you have those no matter what time of year. So you don't need the four wheel, you don't need the tractor, you don't need to work the soil, and you're getting out there, you know, on a beautiful spring setting kind of. So you're you know, yeah, yeah, you're having some fun. Yeah, and you can have better success with frost seeding okay. that you might not have throughout the year because you, really what you're waiting for is then temperature because you've already got the moisture from the thaw, you got your frost that's coming mm -hmm. out of the ground, you got your seeds set at the optimum depth, Yep. right? You let Mother Nature do the majority of the work for you. Yeah. Yep. And your the timing is just when that soil temp, not the air temp, but the soil gets to where the seed starts to germinate. Okay. Yep. And then that gets started, and that's where you get your weed suppression. So now you're not dealing with so many herbicides or anything <coughs> like that or having to cut. And, right. You know, yeah, you got that nice. head start. And then it's also building into the does need that food. They need that high nutrition coming out of the winters because they're, they're carrying a fawn, yeah. maybe two, mm -hmm. maybe three. Yeah. And that's starting to green up. Yep. You know, so you're getting it going. So if we're not putting equipment like a, uh, you know, let's say a 25-horse tractor, mm -hmm. towing a disc, we're not tilling up the soil and releasing all the nutrients, we're not packing it by running a tractor on it. Right. But why do we still see people, you know, buying equipment almost as fast as these implement dealers can? Sure. <laughs> and, I mean, are there certain plantings of certain types of uh, uh, product out there for our food plots that are not conducive to, to uh, you know, to, to this frost to, to food plotting oh, in okay. general or yeah, to, to the frost seeding? To the frost seeding. So that yeah. way, I mean, if, if someone has that equipment, we're not saying, hey, you know, it was, right. was an ill-spent load of money. But, uh, but I don't think it ever is. No, not spending money on equipment like that, you know, when you're selective with things. But yeah. there's a time and place for right. anything, yeah. right? And it's knowing that time and place and how, you yeah. know, the application mm -hmm. of it. Okay. You know, like, uh, you know, Tony, what what is the best seed for frost seeding? Right. Okay. Yeah. There's a time and a place for those things. Sure. And, you know, yeah. there's certain seeds <clears throat> that are better for frost seeding, mm -hmm. where you have more success. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, basically, you want to stick with that. Yeah. Basically, you want to stick to clover's king when it comes to frost seeding. Okay. Okay. Uh, alfalfa is wonderful, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, chicory, oh, wow. all very small seeds that will incorporate well. Yeah. Uh, grains. You can get some germination, but I like to incorporate my grains into my soil with a with a drag or yeah. or, or press them down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they need a little more depth. Yeah, just okay. not just not soil contact. They yeah. need more depth. Okay, but, I see what you're saying. Right. Oh, yeah. But I'm finding uh, throughout the state, actually, a lot of guys want to go with their brassicas later in the season. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's fine. But um, clover, just you have to have clover on your. If, 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 if a guy comes to me and says, I have one food plot, it's my only shot, it's a half acre food plot, and that's it. It's going to be a blend of clover, always a blend. Not, I'm not going to recommend a straight clover. Okay. And because we need it to tolerate shade, we need it to tolerate sun, we mm -hmm. need it to tolerate possibly dry conditions or sandy conditions. Mm -hmm. 
So we always want to do a blend. And that's where the research comes in from Grand Parade Outdoors. Yeah. We know by in the communication between us and the customer, we have a soil sample. You've explained what your, your soil looks like. Now we can choose a blend that's going to do, mm-hmm. do best. You know? okay. We actually do some of the <clears throat> testing. As being a dealer, we do some of the testing on a new seed blend. In some of the property that we had walked at Deer School, there were plots of a gold blend right next to each other and one was seven years old mm-hmm. one was a year old you could see the difference between those two and then right next to that was was seeded with gold yeah and we didn't have the success the germination that we had for those other two plots that were parallel to each other mm-hmm. so your soil it can change you know i mean right within right. 30 40 yards and we see that you know, within our properties at Millersburg, we also have property in Alpena, so we have a, a wide variety of soil types and things. But frost seeding works in all of them. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the frost seeding. Frost seeding time of the year. What, what's kind of an optimum? Well, kind of fluctuate with what's going on in the weather pattern. Right, and frost seeding can backfire on you because okay. of Mother Nature, of course. She's always a factor. Yep. So, you know, um, basically you can start looking at it mid-February. Okay. I like to tell the guys, hey, when you put your coyote gun down, start you know looking at frost seeding but um mid to late march is usually when i find it to be the best uh and and how it can backfire on you is you know you, you put your seed down mm-hmm. and then uh, michigan our weather we get another snowstorm yeah right well, we had that how much yeah three or four <clears throat> you know years you never you like never that? know yeah, yeah. And, and then you get this big snowfall and then you know the seed might have started to try and germinate because we had that warm weather mm-hmm. prior now we get another snowstorm, and that snow might take a little while to melt. Yeah. Right. And it's and then the next thing you know, uh, a week later, two weeks later, you may have some rotted seed. You know, it's yeah. just not it's not going to work. It's took too yeah. long. But we're dealing with factors that we have no control over. Mm-hmm. All we can do is best guess. Yep. And usually it is our best mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. Is, is it that it works out uh, probably the optimal levels, but. People have to understand too is, you know, a best guess is all that it is, and uh, yeah. you may have to make a separate trip up to do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, right. you, you do nothing. I mean, what are you going to get out of it? You're going right? to get nothing. You got to try something. Yeah. And the the, you know, year that that Mother Nature kicked our butt, mm-hmm. we had an inch of snow. It was towards the end of March, mm-hmm. and we're like, this is perfect. Yes, yeah. that's and great. We would. We'd go out, and I don't know how many acres mm-hmm. we frosted. Broadcast like, the seed right on that. the snow. Yeah, right yeah. on got, the Some snow. people An just inch. don't understand that. You're, you're yeah. out, you've got, it's hard you've got a perfect f- inch of snow that's white, yeah. and you're out there spreading these uh, these seeds on top of it. I'm telling you, you can actually animal. You can actually see your seed rate. Yeah, you can okay. see where your seed's at, your seed yeah. rate. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the clover's so small, and you think, mm-hmm. man, how's this going to do this field? But yeah. when you see it on the snow. So yeah. we did that one year, and it was an inch of snow or less. You know, some spots were already bare, mm-hmm. and we got a foot of snow in... Oh, it was terrible. April. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, a foot of snow overnight, and yeah. it just took everything we did, and we're like, all right, well... I'm going to say that was about four years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <We had> 20, <laughs> so you remember. <laughs> we had 21 inches inside of 30 hours here. Yes. And it was two days before the opener of turkey season. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was not tough. to say I, you know, that screwed up my turkey. <laughs> you right. probably did. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, we did acres and acres of frost seeding. We were watching, you know, temperatures yeah. and things like that. And it was just one of them things that happened. You know, yeah. Yeah. But again, what did you lose? Yeah. 
Yeah, you lost little, some seed. A little bit of seed. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's always nice to think all the clovers need potassium. Okay. Yeah. It's nice to put potassium down. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a little cocktail we like to use, but it all, it varies with soil samples, yeah. right? Um, but you put that potassium down, that clover is going to crave that potassium when, when the spring hits. Yeah. And if you have it there already, yeah, there, there's say, your jump start right you there. You didn't really lose much because you, you focused mm-hmm. on, if you had nothing else, just say, oh, the seeds are washed, but the potassium's beautiful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I yeah. did. I spread potassium and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and you know, I don't know, a lot of us uh, like to experiment and, and find what works best for us, mm-hmm. tuck that away in that mental file cabinet. Mm-hmm. And so those that have went through this, they remember those days, just like you, John, you mentioned, uh, you know, they had that snow that came and you remember that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's not to say that's a lost event. It's just, you it's gain some additional thing. knowledge. Yeah. When you don't learn from something, then that's a failure. And yeah. to think that you're always successful, that's, you know, all right, well, if you're always successful, then I guess you didn't do nothing. Right, I right? think we are always successful if, if we garner something right. out of mm-hmm. our efforts, right. even if the effort was to produce a clover field and it just didn't ha- work out. Mm-hmm. It's not a lost effort. No, no. no. Yeah. But it's, it's looking at it and yeah. it's like peeling the onion, right? Yeah. Okay, what happened? I did this, this, this. And that's where, you know, we come in. Yes. We've done a lot of those things. We've, we've had a lot of failures. Yeah. You say everything's been a success. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had those failures, and we try and help people to steer away from those things and share our experiences. Right. You know? right. And there's one thing with the frost seeding and overseeding. It's the same technique. It's just to understand when you frost seed, you're using frost to set your seed. You're using that thawing and melting, yes. right? And then the freezing again. Overseeding, you just don't have that frost. So you don't have the thawing and you don't have the freezing. So it's the same technique. Mm -hmm. It's just and it's very viable as well. Right. As long as you know a rain's coming, if you've got a if you've got an existing Mm -hmm. clover plot or even Mm -hmm. nothing there, whatever. Let's say you went out with your leaf blower and you blew the leaves litter off of a clear area out in the woods Mm -hmm. and you've got a rain coming and you broadcast clover. Uh, the day of that rain coming, I can I can assure you, you're going to see some germination. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, there, there's some cases you won't, of course, with really terrible soil. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you you talked about the frost seeding. Mm-hmm. You talked about the potassium that um, is always a well, most always a great idea mm-hmm. to uh, do at the same time. Um, are there other things that can be done, even at, um, even this time of year? Is it a good time or not a good time to soil sample if they're able to go out and uh, go underneath, say something that didn't get froze, and, and uh, if yeah, if you're if, if you're, they need to put some lime out, sure. If your soil's not frozen, okay, like it would be today, there's no way you're getting a soil sample anywhere today, yeah, yeah. you know. But a, a couple of weeks ago, you could have grabbed a soil sample. Um, you know, I I actually use a soil probe now. I've upgraded, but yeah. you don't need that. You can use a garden shovel Your or whatever. Your probe isn't a can of can <laughs> No, no, okay. no, no. That's a good way to loosen your soil right there. Yeah, it sure would be. Yeah. Yeah. Fluff it up real good. Yeah. Yeah. Might get a visitor. But there's other things you're doing when you're planning, especially uh, when you start to take in the, the, I always call it the beyond the food plot, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, we love our food plots, but it's, the food plot shop and our research and what we're doing has gotten us now to where we're working on the other types of habitat. Yes. And a lot of guys don't have 
say, grass bedding areas in Michigan. It's yes. all big open park effect woods and in mm-hmm. a food plot. You know, there's other things you, you you really need to concentrate on, and you can think that out over this off season in the winter. And you can go out with a chainsaw. We're going to be yeah. with a chainsaw today. Your focus mm-hmm. changes you know. a little bit, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to cut what three, four popple trees today that are pretty right. big. Right. We're going to fell those, and they're in a transition area between his property and mine. And what's going to happen is if, if, if you've ever cut a popple tree mm-hmm. and, and looked at it the next year, you're going to have Oh, yeah. Early successional growth coming up yeah. all over the place, and that's food. Yeah, and cover, and it's yeah. food that's available to the deer. Anything yes. above six foot, yeah, how, it, exactly. They don't have a ladder. Yeah, they're <laughs> not going to get it. Right. Yeah. So that's you know that's a, that's the purpose of cutting these trees. Yeah, natural browse. Yeah, right. Get them deer moving. Keep them on the property. Uh, you know, give them that variety. Yeah, but absolutely. you know we're for me this time of year and even earlier in the year, I mean, we're only in, you know, early part of February here, Yeah, is to understand what seed you're looking at putting down and order that. Because the seed availability, like a lot of things we're seeing in our daily lives, mm-hmm. availability of products are not there anymore. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta wait. Like, mm-hmm. Tony enjoys wine. He uh-huh. can't find the wine anymore. <laughs> Thanks I for mean, bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. That's funny. So, he's not it, it, up here to Freddy's. I'm sure yeah, there you go. There right. you go. But it, it's, I mean, we see, we're seeing that that's, that's our new norm, right? Oh, yeah. So, if you, if you, you start your planning, you start the discussions now, you start looking at your notes from when you're sitting in a deer blind, yeah. and you start planning for that frost seeding or overseeding. Now's the time to start getting those products. Start yes. putting your orders in. Start, you know, guaranteeing that you'd have what you want. Right, and have it. It's have it mid March because okay. when that weather comes and it's it's you know it's time to go. Well, I have and get say, out there with it. Yeah. You know, I want to be looking at it, mm-hmm. yeah. not looking yeah. for it. Right. Oh man, there's a good one right there. <laughs> I always say that right after I shoot a deer. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing I say. Yeah. I want to be looking at it. That's, that's <laughs> I want to be looking at it, not for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. You know, that's such an important thing because I remember coming up here and, you know, on my way up from the, from where we live to where the cabin's at, it's about two hours. So I, you know, yeah. by myself, I'm thinking, and I thought, oh man, I did not stop and get the line. Mm-hmm. And I knew this was part of my reason for doing it. And so I made some phone calls. I couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And I, I almost turned around and went back because I, I thought I, I could find it back in Bay City, Saginaw. Pretty mm-hmm. sure. Well, I found a place, a hardware of all places, had a pallet mm-hmm. of lime that looked yep. like it sat there forever. Mm-hmm. But um, there's nothing more frustrating, like you say, you're you're up to your hunting property, up to your cabin, mm-hmm. and you start putting together a to-do list. Sure. And your to-do list is only as good as the product you have. And if you don't have the seed, right? You don't have the lime. You don't have the potassium. Yeah. Well, in this case, for a lot of people, they don't have the know-how, mm-hmm. and that's even further frustrations because they're going to find that they're going to likely try to go out and buy these products and have mm-hmm. no clue. And I don't want to put that as a broad brush to somebody, but um, if they don't have the, the exact um, uh, accurate information behind their application, mm-hmm. it is, it's, you know, it's, it's just a, um, in, it's a shot in the dark. You just, yeah. you're just, you know, yeah. throwing a dart with no feathers. Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. And so it, it's <coughs> great that you brought up the line. I was calling around, and we're gonna we're gonna look at what. 
It's it's, it's expensive. Eight. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's well, gone from three dollars in the, the mid three dollar range. Three thirty three is the yeah. cheapest we ever found it, and now I think we're in the mid fives. Yeah, we're in the mid fives, and yeah. and that reminds me of something. I've I called online two weeks ago. Yeah, we're talking January. I'm yeah. calling I'm calling online because we're gonna put down. <laughs> Well, we'll need three pallets of lime, John. Well, right. minimum. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're at minimum three pallets, and I call it, I'm, I'm trying to order six to eight pallets of lime. Yeah. Wow. And there's there's over 2,000 pounds per pallet, depending on how they pack it. But yeah. I was calling in at lime in January. Mm. Wow. I want to be looking at it, yeah. not looking for <laughs> it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And that's that's what we're doing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Um, anything we didn't cover, guys? I probably wouldn't know, but uh, you know, it's, I'm just I'm learning from sitting here as well. I'm enjoying this. The frosting and overseeding, it, it's the same technique, it's just the weather. Okay, when you say right. overseeding it, are we doubling the application that we normally do? Or just well, you're gonna, you're gonna want to increase your seeding rate. Yeah. And, well, with yeah. frosting, you want to increase your, your seeding rate. I think 20% oh, okay. is a good, is a good yeah. figure to so use. It's not a, uh, you're not doubling the amount that you drop. No, no. no. The overseeding is just you're you're putting it over mm-hmm. something that's existing. Yeah. Think of it that way. Right. Right. I mean, you could overseed into grass, right? Yeah. To get a clover plot, you yes. know, you're just gonna you know, your clover comes up. Now you use a specific herbicide that only kills okay. grass and doesn't kill clover, so which would be clethodim. Yeah. Okay. So you see your clover coming up, hit it with your clethodim, yeah. and uh, now you got a clover plot. Okay. So let me let me uh, let me role play here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, me, and my buddy doing say two acres or three or four whatever it is and we're really um, liking the idea of this frost seeding mm-hmm. so I've listened to this podcast and I've realized that there is a, uh, a Grandpa Ray Outdoors seed uh, production company that's really highly regarded the food plot shop you guys uh, can get me that seed that I that I uh, that I need and all the other whether it be potassium, et cetera, or at least steer us in that direction. Right. Um, so do I pay extra for some of this shareable knowledge that when I call to pick up or to meet with you to uh, purchase my seed and my product, we've asked some questions mm-hmm. and you've provided that. Do I owe you additional money for no, that? No, absolutely expertise? not. Okay. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the, the joy of uh, being in this position. We, we love to help people. Um, that's the grow way. The grow is a team. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we, again, the team approach is why we got involved with Grandpa Ray Outdoors. Yes. And uh, there's no, there is no stupid question, right? Only stupid answer, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we take phone calls all the time from people who, you know, they've never done a food plot before. They're, yeah. they're a little timid and yeah. we, we help them out. We like the do it yourself guys because, yeah. you know, they're going to do the hard work. We don't have to do the hard, we don't do yeah. that anyway, but we, we can help them, you know? Well, that's the advantage of the food plot shop or Grandpa Ray Outdoors, John and Brian, is that when you buy a bag of seed, you get that that help, that support. Yeah. You know, uh, you can take a picture of your plot and say, "Look, I these leaves are getting yellow." Okay, we, you know, we understand what you put down. Yeah. If you did a soil sample with us, we have that on record. We can see what it is. Mm-hmm. We we will suggest what to put on mm-hmm. that plot. Uh, you can we'll have that product. Mm-hmm. And, or you can go buy it somewhere else. I mean, you know, it's not, I mean, we're there to help you. We want success, right? And we are able to distribute, uh, I got Anchor Bay 
area, wow. Chesterfield, New Baltimore, mm-hmm. Pontiac, yep. uh, Algonac. I mean, it, when you get in touch with us, we're going to find some way to make something work. For yes. You, you know, and yeah. we're, we're up north almost every weekend. Right. You know, up this way. And uh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. Uh, um, a dealer down in Illinois, a new dealer in Illinois, called me on my way up here yesterday, and he's asking questions about being the dealer. And um, one of the big questions was freight, mm. costs of freight. And uh, just to let everybody know that's listening, um, <clears throat> a lot of times if you if you think ahead and you're going to place an order for some seed, like some of the landowners and habitat managers we deal with, uh, we can we can split freight bills with people. Mm. You know, if I've got two guys ordering, uh, you know, 400 pounds of seed, and the other guy's ordering 300 pounds of seed, we'll get it on one pallet. Let's say the freight bill is going to be 60, 70 dollars. We cut it in half. We split wow. it amongst them. And a lot of times, if you call us and we have it in inventory, of course, anytime you call us and we have it in inventory, you're not going to get charged for the freight that we had. Oh, to, that's you know, awesome. that's our that's our responsibility to get yeah. it to our location uh, for stock purposes. Yeah. Now there are special blends. We do mm-hmm. special blends for people. Uh, that's something we would ask the consumer to you know to pay the freight on something like that because oh, it's absolutely. you know, yeah. and most people understand that yeah. and. And, and we're getting a good network of customers who know one another also. Yeah. And if they live near one another, they'll meet. Yeah. And, you know. My, my brother-in-law um, is with a, uh, a he, he hunts on some property that a buddy of his owns as a farmer. Mm-hmm. I think it's opened up to four guys. And they've really done a lot of research on, on their food plots. And, of course, his buddy's a farmer, so he brings the tractor has to drive a couple hours and mm-hmm. they've left actually a small tractor at that little spot where they hunt and um, he said you know we're with uh, with the farmer buddy Ed, they are light years ahead of you know what they should have been and or could have been anyways what he's getting at is he said man we've had people stop by well, how do you do this uh-huh. and he said it was amazing that a couple of them had stopped by he said well where's your property at well we, we own this club and you know tried to do it ourselves because you know everybody's got that he-man syndrome and you know the testosterone building well we can do it why wouldn't we hire somebody else to do it sure and uh, so he went over there and actually kind of you know poked at him and said hey you guys got a lot of territory here you know what do you spend on seed and you do it about Florida and he said well you know so many times we plan it doesn't come up this isn't working we're still experimenting Mm -hmm. you know 12 15 years into this Mm -hmm. club that they own and so I guess this area up here in that northeast Michigan area is strong club country. Sure. Um, boy, if you're, I mean, uh, would you, do you offer consulting services for large oh, yes. tracks? Yeah. Large, oh, yes. Yeah. We're dealing with several uh, clubs right now. Um, and, you know, in this area, there's one thing, if, if there was one piece of advice I could give anybody who's doing a food plot in this area right now, I know they have sand ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty much 90% of the guys in this area have sand ground you have to split applicate your fertilizers that that the nutrients are going to flow through that sand and dissipate okay and if you can split that up if we tell you to put 200 pounds of fertilizer down i want you to put 100 pounds down you know the day you plant it and i want you to wait three weeks and put the other 100 pounds down it you're you'll see the difference of course mother nature is also a factor but uh, in this yeah, area, that's just for that, yeah, that's just general to break down, right? good yeah. advice for this area. Yeah. Okay. Boy, you know, that's never been explained to probably most people. Mm-hmm. Get it all done, and you know, 
You can't just walk away from a right. sand from sand ground plot. You cannot do that. It doesn't now, hold. It, yeah. There's no it, there's no capacity to hold the nutrients you're trying to feed the plant when you're using dry fertilizer. Yeah. We've switched to a liquid fertilizer. It mm -hmm. liquid, liquid plant food. Yeah, is what it is. It's plant food, mm -hmm. and that's more reasonably priced, more readily available than what you'll find with the with the dry fertilizers. Mm -hmm. uh, the dry when you have a clover plot, you really you don't want you don't need nitrogen. So to try and find a fertilizer that's the lowest or no nitrogen right. in some areas can be difficult. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. A lot of our a lot of our foliar plant food does have some nitrogen in it, but it's on the lower level. Well, and it has yeah. humix in it too, which yeah. is extremely important. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't want to get into that. It's real technical and we start talking about <laughs> CEC and things. But well, it's obvious. that's the science of the soil. Yeah, right? but this is obvious to me and I'm sure to listeners that they have some frustrations because we all do with mm -hmm. uh, food plots. You know, planting a garden is one thing. We've planted the, our garden for years and we kind of you know run through that same scenario mm -hmm. with these food plots that are so much different. And just because we plant it, doesn't mean that it's going to grow, nor does it mean that it's what we should have planted. Sure. Um, I talked to a wildlife <laughs> biologist that said, "Hey, deer are foragers. There's not, you know, they they take a walk. Yeah. They think of it as woodland cattle, right? Yeah. Think of it as woodland cattle, right? They move around. Yeah. And if you don't have what the, you know, you could have busted your fanny, but it's not what they're after. Mm -hmm. You're really frustrated, thinking what's going on. Well, maybe your neighbor did his homework and contacted the food plot shop and said." <laughs> You know, and they said, "Hey, this is this is what we're seeing in, the, in your right. area, and, and if you soil sample, then this will grow great. Mm -hmm. And with a little bit of uh, TLC, I think you're going to find that you're going to turn your uh, yeah. little corner of heaven into a wonderful place to deer hunt." Well, well that, that goes back to what we were just talking about earlier when I recommended clover to anybody who only has one plot. Yeah, everybody sees the big green leaves and the people sitting in them, the you know, the wildlife personality on the back. And it's beautiful. I love beautiful brassica plot. But the bottom line is, clover yields. Yeah. Clover so regenerates. Yeah. It, yeah, oh, it holds up oh, to uh, it holds up to browse. You, you know? get a germination, but depending on your soil and your fertilization, yeah, you may not get the volume or the 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 amount of food you need for the deer mm -hmm. for yes. the deer herd that you have. Okay. Deer are very selective in what they eat, mm -hmm. and there's protein levels in certain plants. Mm -hmm. We see in one field where the deer will always be in this one area, eating, and they'll eat it gone, down, stuffed, and they're always in that one specific spot. It's like, why? Is it the habitat? Is it mm -hmm. the food, the forage? What What is drawing them to that? 10 by 10 square all that, the time because well, we that, have cameras that, out. That's your bait pile. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, uh, the bait's the clover right. and the food. Yeah, down absolutely. You know? <laughs> but, you know, and we talk about the amount of work and things that you do and heavy equipment. I have two fields right now in the Millersburg area that have not seen tillage in seven years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Seven years. It's wow. been frost seeding or overseeding, foliar. Yeah. Some dry, I, I, I mix both up, yeah. okay? I do both. I, you know, I might do the dry, then I, you know, I have a different, different approach. Mm. But I have areas that I haven't worked the soil in seven years. I've just wow. used those two techniques, overseeding or frost-seeding. And depending on weather, that, you know, yeah. name it what you want, right? Yeah. right. So wow. when you do that, you think, well, geez, okay, well, 
well, that's a little different. And then I, you know, I need to cut it. Mm-hmm. But it's, you and, know, and John's it's on sixteen great. acres. Really? Yeah, so we're talking a small, we're talking a small parcel. Here. Yeah. Wow. You that's know, awesome. and uh, he's mm-hmm. seen. You see a lot of deer. You do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there was a conversation I had with a guy a few years back. Maybe I covered it in this for that first podcast we did. But he's a friend of mine, and and you know, he was him and his buddies would go up to their parcel. It wasn't a huge parcel, but him and his two buddies, there's three of them hunting. They had a cabin up there, and they go up and bait. And then they baited in the Lower Peninsula during the time during this time now that mm-hmm. it wasn't. We're not allowed to bait. And he, you know, I'm not going to blow his name up and everything. Sure, but, right on. But uh, he isn't the only one. But he said, "Man, I just, you know, we sat in our blinds, we looked over our shoulders. You'd hear something. You wondered, if, oh God, is it the, you know, the game warden coming in and going to, mm-hmm. you know, find our bait pile because somebody complained?" And right. He said. Took the fun out of it. One day we're all sitting around, we had a couple of beers, and we're cooking dinner, and and uh, we just decided, hey, we need to maybe look into this food plot thing. And, mm-hmm. and um, they looked at, well, we really don't have an area. We got, you know. Anyways, they started looking at their property, and they've got a power line coming through their property. Mm-hmm. Well, gee whiz, there's a clearing right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of expanded on it. And he said, you know, it, it really took some efforts. But he said, now we go up in the, you know, the, in that late winter, early spring, when we're doing what you guys are going to be doing later today, mm-hmm. dropping some trees to let some sunshine in. Yeah. He said, I'm finding the kids and the wife come up. They're having fun. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, they're kind of looking at planting these food plots <clears throat> as a fun time. And mm-hmm. he said, before, my wife kind of nudged me a few times, you know, I really don't go up there that much. Maybe we should sell the place. Now, you couldn't get her to sell it. Right. No matter what. Right. Well, then dropping them trees, they're deer going to eat the bugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's more than just dropping the trees. Yeah. There's more there. But mm-hmm. the baiting and then switching over to food plot, after you've been hunting over bait, it's like you get ingrained. That's the only way you're yeah. going to see deer. Mm-hmm. And that was hard even for us to kind of. It was. It to, was. To, to just get out yeah. of that, right? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, with the laws changing, you know, yeah. it forced your hand, forced our hand, whatever. Okay. We're following the, the, the rules and regs. But we see deer in our fields longer than if we had corn, beets, or whatever out there. Wow. I mean, deer are in our fields for hour, mm-hmm. two hours. Well, it's about daytime movement. In yeah. daytime, you, know, yeah. you want to see your deer during the daylight hours. Right. Yeah. Let, mean, them, let them go to your neighbors yeah. at night. I don't care if he's right. over there at night. <laughs> I want them on my property during the daylight hours. But they know what's going to happen. Right? Yeah, and with, with you know... The habitat that the support that we got from Greg Campo yep. and Chris Pearson yeah. Yeah. and John O'Brien, John O'Brien. Plot. Yeah. again, that's the team, right? And those deer are coming into our plots and they're there and they're comfortable. They're yeah. putting their heads down for, I don't know, I think I timed one over a minute. Its head was down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really see no. that bait, right? I mean, bait, well, what they take a couple bites and they're and, looking around. And like, you're gonna, what's going on? I would think, but, too, it, you're, now you're dealing with deer that aren't so spooked. Yeah, yeah. they're not on high alert. With, yeah. with uh, more mature deer, more mature bucks. Yeah. Not just, you know, seeing a year and a half mm-hmm. right. all the time. You, yeah. can, you cannot tell me, and I know I know people, have, plenty of people have shot four and a half and five and a half and six and a half year old deer on corn piles. We sure. all know that. Yeah. Okay, but... You can't tell me right. that the majority of those mature deer don't realize yeah. that's never been there until today. Yeah. You know, and, and you got to think like that. A lot of people think deer are dumb. That, that drives me crazy when I'm talking to people, yeah. you know. Oh, I drove through there and I came, you know, they came back. Well, yeah, yeah, they came back. The little 
fawns and the you know right. they came back. Right. Did you see that big uh, that ten point five and a half year old there? No, you didn't. <laughs> you know. So. Well, it's those people <clears throat> that make those comments. Are usually driving down the road and they see a flock of turkeys. How hard can it be to, to harvest one of those? They see a, uh, right. a herd of deer. How hard can it be? It's a small snippet. Yeah, I asked them too. On. Where'd you see yeah. it? Where they're out in that yeah. farmer's field? That's a food plot. Yeah, right. And they're out in his field because that's food. But yep. you're in the car. You're not hunting that turkey, right? Right. The, the, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a skewed yeah. skewed opinion, or you know what you're sure. looking at, because you're not hunting. You know, <coughs> you're out there. And I had a deer come in this year, and a tree, a top of a tree, snapped off and fell. And I I'd seen that deer, that buck, come into my fields for weeks, mm-hmm. just for opener. Mm-hmm. Top of that tree fell. He came into that field and. He just focused on that tree, yeah. that top. And it was like, why is he worried about that? Why? Because it was different. Yeah, right. It's just the top of a tree. Well, it, yeah. It's insignificant. Yeah, but he was just looking, looking, looking. Man is in the forest. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Move something on your counter. Yeah. And you're like, wait. You walk into your room and you go, wait a minute. Something oh, ain't no. right. That's yeah. right. How do, you, how do you not think a deer doesn't feel that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're Absolutely. in there, in that environment, 24-7. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I really sense that when I'm looking at flock, we don't want to yeah. get to, well, <laughs> as far as the... Uh, we don't want to bore everybody well, to death, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the attention span of the average American is probably about 10 minutes, let alone uh, half an hour. There plus. you go. But as far as those folks, I know there's a ton of people out there that want to do this. Mm-hmm. And they want to just be shoved off the curb or brought out of their chair and say, this isn't going to kill your bank account. Right. This is actually going to create a smile on your face. You're going to improve the deer habitat, but you're also going to improve the the value of the land that you own. Yeah. You know that. Oh, yes, too. absolutely. So how do they get a hold of you guys at the food plot shop? Well, the best way is, uh, is to call mm-hmm. 248-798-2361 and uh, also email. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we only have the one email, which is myself that's tony t-o-n-y at the foodplotshop.com nice excellent so and the other way is we have deer schools like every two years oh, something yeah, like that, that. it so, would be important to say that yeah yeah they, they, and, yep. and, and that is where you can really learn a lot you were at our, at our last deer school that we had mm-hmm. and uh just the skill set of people there yeah and you know i hate to say it but it's boots on the ground you walk and you know you have <coughs> questions well well, what did you do here? Why did you do this? Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to get something out of that, but mm-hmm. it's it's not a canned answer. Right. You know, there's different methods and different things that you do. And for my property is 16 acres. You can see what habitat I did and what improvements I did for 16 acres. Yeah. It's like a bowling alley way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you can you can see what happened. You can you can yeah. boots hear on it. the ground. You can you see know? it. Yeah. You can know what's yeah. going on. And what was you cool know, is you get some seed and come on out. Yeah, come out absolutely. to a deer school and it's free. I was going to say, what it's was really free. cool is <laughs> you just show up, you guys fed us, mm-hmm. um, had several experts, you two, you mm-hmm. got Chris, you got Greg, and of course... Uh, we had forestry managers there. Yeah, forestry managers. managers and yeah. We had the yeah. QDMA president was there as well. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Absolutely. And then, of course, the head honcho mm-hmm. is uh, uh, from Grand Parade. John yeah, O'Brien. John, right. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he was amazing. And just the... Uh, <clears throat> he's not... He wasn't there to try to throw stuff at us to impress us, but... You'd ask him a question, he'd give you the short and the long answer. Right. But there was a couple of people there that really appreciated the extra uh, 
well, the long answer, we'll say, because mm -hmm. they were looking at that mm -hmm. as well. And uh, actually, I nudged the one gal from uh, you know from the state, mm -hmm. and um, and she says, "Oh my gosh, this guy knows his shit." Oh yes, he does. Yeah. And it and, and to be honest with you, this is this is the food plot shop can break down what John O'Brien might. You yes, know, take indeed. a while to say, and we'll try to simplify it for the people. You know, there's Reader's different levels. Yeah. yeah, there's different levels of oh, yeah. involvement here, and yeah. some guys know it, and some guys don't. Yeah. But we try to break it down and explain it to yeah, people, absolutely. and you know. Well, I look at like this club country. There's always somebody there that's probably a member that has a PhD and he understands mm -hmm. things. There's the guy or gal that's there that, you know, whether they do or don't have that advanced degree, they don't care to. They just right. want to know what do I need to do. I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to engage myself into this thing and think it through. Just hand me the the, the, the Reader's Digest version. And sure. Sell me the product, and I'm going to go and do it. I want to know what time it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to know how to make the watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, we could we help we yeah. help people with that all the time. Customers with yeah. us, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys, it's been a uh, treat, and I know that our listeners will feel the same way. We will get it uploaded uh, in a short time frame here. Hey, who would have thunk we'd be talking about food plots in earlier February? Well, right. I'm all for it. At least it's uh, you know something to think about, and the planning phases should begin now. It never stops. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you for Gary. having us again. Good seeing you. You too. This week's podcast brought to you by. Hey, it is antler growing season until mid-August, so now is the time to get those mineral sites going. And we can help with that with our product called Power Mineral. For more information, call 231-492-6697 or Facebook it at Edge Attractants Incorporated. And also brought to you by Michigan Brand. Michigan Brand is a third-generation, family-owned and operated business out of mid-Michigan. We are known for our world-famous hams, jerky, and various sausage products. You can find us all over the state of Michigan as well as other states throughout the U.S. Check us out at michiganbrand.net. That's michiganbrand.net to learn more. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting. Mm -hmm.